Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Almost half, that's 45%, of adults aged between 50 and over in Ireland own a pet. And at the top of that list, of course, are dogs. But with all the love and joy they bring us, comes a lot of grooming and TLC that's required to maintain one's dog. So for this week's Industry Review, I'm joined by three people who make it their business to make sure our dogs are looking their very best. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Dylan Brady of Barks and Bubbles. Lisa Kearney is the owner of Mud Ugly. And Paul Abbott is from the grooming dog out there in Ballsbridge. So you're all very welcome to the programme. Um, we might start with you, Lisa. Uh, tell us about Mud Ugly. I know you... Uh, you worked in the business and you liked it so much that you ended up buying it. A bit like the guy with the Remington uh, razor ad. That's actually what I was going to say to you. <laughs> you took my line, Bobby. All right. Um, yeah, no, I worked in recruitment before all this and it was the last thing for my mind, dog grooming. But then I got to like 30 years of age. I was like, OK, this is not what I want to do anymore. I want to do something that I really love and enjoy. I love dogs. I love people. So I was like, how can I combine the two? So dog grooming went and trained with Mud Ugly. Um, and then, as you said, then I started working there. By two or three months, I was in the right place at the right time. Sinead, the previous owner, she was selling the business. So then I got some money together and I bought it. Well so, done. OK. Yeah. Tell us what's involved uh in being a, a dog groomer, what's the nature of the of the of the typical work day to day, and how does it qualifications that sort of stuff? It's, how does it work? It's very much a labour of love. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it might be, and a lot of patience as well. Um, so it's not people think I think it's quite glamorous. You know, it's all about just you know doing poofy um kind of like poodles and stuff like that. It's nothing to do with that. It's <laughs> it's about the health of the dog. Um. So, I mean, what we would generally do in a dog when it comes in the morning, we'll greet with the owner, consult them, see what they want to do. The dog will come in then with us anyway, and they'll chill a little bit and kind of get their get familiar with their surroundings. We don't like to do it like a conveyor belt. We want the dogs to relax. We want the dogs to feel okay during the experience and keep it as chilled as possible. Um, so, and is it a bit like us going to the dentist that dogs don't ordinarily look forward you, to a grooming experience? You could be right, yes. <clears throat> a lot of dogs don't. Some dogs do. If you yeah. get them early enough and you kind to get the puppies in quite early they get used to the experience and they actually can enjoy it it's more the struggle will be with older dogs who come and have never been groomed professionally and they're like what is going okay. on what's the brush what's this um, so generally what we'll do depending on what type of dog and coat you're dealing with if it's like say a cockapoo you tend to do um, clip down first that way you can get like straight to the coat you give them a bath you give them a fluff dry you give them lots of breaks in between and then depending on what kind of um, situation their coat is, is in ideally in a really good healthy their owner, the owners have been doing their job properly and doing lots of um, home maintenance um, the dog then will get whatever groom the, okay. the owner is looking for Let's bring in our second guest Paul Abbott he's from the Grooming Dog Paul you're very welcome to the programme tell us a little bit about your business if you would uh, so <clears throat> I ended up in dog grooming somehow. I don't actually do the grooming. Uh, I'm the business side of things. Uh, interestingly, I don't uh, have a huge passion for dogs, uh, which you might be surprised to hear. Uh, okay, but, we like you already. <laughs> uh, my side is the business. Uh, so I'm delighted to come here to talk about that side of it. Uh, my wife, Laura, is, is the passionate person about the dogs. Uh, she's always wanted to work with dogs. When I met her first uh, nearly 20 years ago, I asked her what she wanted to do, and she said she wanted to work with dogs. Uh, so here we are. It was a long way to get here. Uh, I had a few failed businesses here in Ireland. Uh, ended up going to London uh, with Laura, found some jobs there. Long and short of it, ended up uh, with an opportunity in the Italian tile industry in Washington, D.C. 
I went over there and when we were there, Laura started walking dogs in our neighborhood in DC. We built that up to maybe five or six people walking dogs around our neighborhood. And uh, as that was building up, um, the tile thing was going down. So we joined forces in 2013, um, borrowed money from the bank to open our first 12,000 square foot pet hotel in Rockville, just outside DC. And uh, two years later, we opened our second one in DC, two miles from the White House. And uh, four years after that, we sold them both and came home. And here we are trying to make the same thing happen in Dublin. All right. And can I ask you maybe about the parallels between owners and their dogs in the US? Anecdotally, could I maybe suggest that the market is probably more developed in the US? Or is it? Maybe tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, it definitely is. It's a proper mm. business over there, yeah. um, you know, and uh, the VAT rate, which we'll probably get to, is is crippling us here. So over there, you have uh, proper, the likes of Petco, PetSmart and um, Wolfgang Bakery and lots of other um, people doing and businesses doing dog grooming and making good money. Um, over here, it's more of a backyard garden shed kind of an industry off the radar. Um, yeah. Which is, which is the main difference. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second. I, w- I want to bring in our third guest. He's, I suppose, a first cousin of the dog groomer because he, he has an interesting concept and he's Dylan Brady of Barks and Bubbles. Dylan, how are you? All good, Bobby. How are you? I'm very um, good. Great to talk to you this morning, Dylan. Can you explain Barks and Bubbles, if you would, to our listeners? Yeah, so uh, Barks and Bubbles is a bit different. Um, we supply the facilities for customers to... Uh, wash wash the dogs themselves um, so it's completely self-service it's similar to uh, the laundry machine so you see yeah yeah I um, was out in uh, Junction 6 last week and I had a look at your operation out there Dylan so I, again I I, 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 I I saw it firsthand so essentially you arrive with your dog you go into this I suppose all of for all a little cabin and there's a hose you you pay it's a vendor it's a cashless operation there's shampoos anti-flea stuff and all that and you you basically wash your dog in your facility and you you don't meet anybody you don't talk to anybody and you it's like bringing your car to the car wash yeah, except so there's a dog involved yeah so basically <laughs> trying to do it at home is most of the time a disaster you're doing it with the hose and cold water and you don't have all the products so we pro- provide it all there for the customer uh, it's it's 10 euro and you get 10 minutes of machine use and in that time you have dog shampoo conditioner flea wash and a two-speed hair dryer um, yeah and doing it about 13 months and have 10 locations mostly around Dublin right and uh, people are loving it and tell me Dylan where where did you find this innovation is it is it operating in some other country yeah, it was actually it was actually my dad uh, that told me about them. He had seen them before, so I started looking into them, and they're very popular in the US and Australia, and the Netherlands. Uh, that's and um, so I decided to take one over and give it a go. And uh, and the first one I did was very popular, so I decided to keep on going. Uh, we're mainly on forecourts in filling stations. Yeah. Uh, so there's plenty of parking. People pull up. Um, uh, and wash your dogs and take them home. There you go. Sounds like a very interesting business. Stand by. I want to go back to Lisa Carney from uh, Mud Ugly. Lisa, just again, you, you were telling us effectively about uh, how the business works. And, and again, that the dog is, seems to be central mm-hmm. to, to the whole part of the business in your world. Um, I wanted to ask you about the people that work with you. How, how, would, one, how would one go about becoming a dog groomer? 
uh, if one wanted to seek such employment. Yeah, well, the best way, I mean, what we've all did was city and guilds. Now, there's city guilds, there's iPad as well. There's a wonderful um, educator up there in Canine Creations. She does um, education. She, she'll train people to be dog groomers as well. So we have two people from there. And then myself and Dara is one of the other groomers that works with us. He, We both train through Mud Ugly, so city and guilds. So with that, it's not just, I think... I think this is what people realise, especially after the COVID lockdown, it's not so easy to, to groom a dog. It's not a matter of just getting the clippers and you're just, you know, you're, there's all sorts of things involved. And, and, and you know, we, we had a big change around people, yeah. a lot more people coming into the pet game during oh. COVID, people who never had pets. Yeah. Plus you also had maybe the isolation of dogs and, you know, they weren't with anybody or they were fairly confined for two years. Oh, completely. Like So. Yeah, so it, it's tough, you know, it is tough for the dogs. I mean, we found, especially actually since coming back behaviourally, there's been a lot of dogs um, that haven't done so well. I suppose like us, you know, our temperament probably wasn't at its best during, you know, lockdown. We knew what was going on. Dogs don't. And then suddenly, you know, our fam- their families are home with them all day and then suddenly they're gone. They're like, what's going on? A lot are dealing with separation anxiety. Um, even dogs that would have been used to coming routinely were getting a lot more stressed. Um, um, but like bit by bit, they've come back to form. It's more the dogs, I say, that were kind of bought during lockdown that had no experience of being social, have no experience of professional grooming and they're coming straight in and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and the owners as well might not have done the the, the right research and not realise what the amount of work that goes into their dog's coat. And okay. that can be an issue. So it's, like, it's basically by training the, the owners as well as the dogs. Uh, Paul, you were telling us about your, a little bit about your experience in the US. Uh, am I right in saying that over there, people would think nothing of spending $100 a night leaving a dog in, you know, to be groomed and looked after? And is that the kind of stuff that would people, would you be dovetailing like minding dogs with grooming or, or are they, do they happen in different places. Yeah, so um, what we did, uh, we had a pet hotel, um, a pet hotel and spa. So we had a, a hotel rooms that we built specifically for the dogs, marble floors, <laughs> underfloor heating, chandeliers, widescreen TVs, um, which was obviously for the owners. The dogs didn't care. You know? <laughs> and they were spending $100 a night and we were fully booked very, very quickly. How many of these dog rooms had you? Uh, we had 36 in DC and I think it was about 17 in, uh, in Rockville. And they're fully God. booked, block booked. We even had some overflow uh, crates that we had to get. Um, but generally, once they're in for like a week or two weeks or whatever it might be, they would get a groom at the end of the day. So they're complementary services. Okay. And we had daycare as well, which incidentally we're opening in Bulls Bridge at the end of this year. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you, do you, do you, do you think that we'll ever end up in a place in, in, in Irish society where there will be pet hotels and that kind of thing? Well, there or is that just a bridge too far for us? Oh, it's absolutely not. But there are three reasons why it won't happen. Uh, one is Dublin City Council uh, won't allow it. Otherwise, we'd have one already in Bulls Bridge. We would have opened one. Uh, two is the VAT rate. Uh, we're busy fools, a lot of us. You know, It's a labour of love for the people who are in the industry. Uh, I love the business, so I don't love making no money. Uh, and the third reason is access to debt. Uh, when we went to the US, we borrowed $325,000 on a 10-year term uh, while we had a two-year visa. You know, so it might sound like it makes no sense, but, you know, they all got their money back. Uh, but over here, we came back. We're Irish citizens. Uh, we can't get access to a thousand euro credit card, never mind getting debt to fund uh, the expansion of the business. Yeah. But the market wants it, that's for sure. Uh, and when you talk about expanding the business, what are your plans in that area? Um so we're still kind of hoping we can do it here in, in Ireland. Uh, I don't know how, but uh, we're, we're also currently in the market to raise money to go back to the US. Mm. Uh, we've a good network over there, great opportunity to build the brand over there. 
Um, and, you know, we don't know how yet, but uh, we're looking at the metaverse, but we don't know. OK, all right. Uh, Dylan, you say you've got, what, 10 or 11 outlets there in, in petrol forecourts with parks and bubbles. How many, how many do you think the market can sustain? Uh, I'm not sure how many they can <clears throat> sustain, but um, every single one I have is in Dublin and there's a whole lot of towns that still don't have them. So uh, I'm planning on expanding from out from Dublin, but hopefully eventually nationwide um, to any any big town. Good man. Okay. And last word, last word to you, Lisa. Um, you look at the business that you've worked so hard in. You say you were in recruitment before. Where do you see the future of the industry going? What's what's next? It's interesting to hear mm. Paul there talking about dog hotels and that. Absolutely. Do yeah. you see that coming? Absolutely. I mean, I think pets are such a big part of our lives now. They're probably even more important than other family members. <laughs> Some of the people we talk, they're probably more loved. Um, but what <clears throat> just what Paul was talking, we're actually talking about this outside as well. What is crippling us is this fat rate. Okay. It's really hard um, to even to live, um, just to expand. But, to, but to VAT, VAT is ultimately paid for by the consumer. So does that mean it just makes it more expensive? Than? No, so we're at 23%, but we're a service, right? Yeah. And the hairdressers are at 9%. So uh, yeah. why does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it doesn't. You're no, fair. it doesn't. And then even at the end of lockdown, then we're, we're technically classified as essential service, but yet still the government will. Okay. So when we go back to maybe looking at the more positive aspects yes. of the business, because I know that's what you want to focus on. Mm. What's the opportunity in this sector, do you think? Oh, it's huge. I mean, as Paul said, you know, he did a lot over in the States. I think there's more room for expansions, there's room for, you know, kind of, you know, I love the fact that actually Mud Ugly's been, you know, obviously here for 15 years. Paul's come over now with all the concepts from, you know, the US, which is brilliant. So I think it's evolving more and more and more. People care about their dogs. People care about their pets. <coughs> they're, they're part of the family, as I said. So I think hotels, everything. And we are massively behind, though, compared to, I was even in Bordeaux back in May, and we're massively behind in um, you know in terms right. of stocks <laughs> alright you heard it here folks there's money in pooch care um, big thanks to my guest Dylan Brady of Barks and Bubbles Lisa Carney from Mud Ugly and Paul Abbott indeed from The Grooming Dog thanks very much for joining us and letting us into your world where uh, dogs look like their owners uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you all again soon Down to Business with Bobby Kerr Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.